0: From the time we are born, we are placed in a bubble. It may be a result of where we are born, the people we are around, or the information we are given. Our mission here on the Sports is a Job podcast is to pop the bubble and help everyone realize they control their own path. We will interview people working in sports to share their story and provide our take on sport industry topics. Hosted by Colby Castillo and Olivia Poutine, welcome to the Sports is a Job podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports is a Job podcast journey of the working sports professional. I am one half of the podcast. My name is Colby Castillo, and as always, joined by the other half here.
1: Hey, everyone, this is Olivia Patine. I'm happy to be back for another episode.
0: Our guest joining today is... It is very obvious he has a passion for the sports industry, but also the passion for helping the younger uh, sport professionals and us college students out there. So I would like to welcome Chris Grossi, the Assistant Athletic Director of Marketing at Penn State since September 2018. How are we doing, Chris, and how are you adjusting to working at home?
2: Uh, Doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, The work from home has been been, uh, different for sure um i am on my first week of working from home with no kids um so we we just sent our kids back to daycare here in pennsylvania uh this past week so it has been night and day of the past uh, seven weeks before this one and now this week uh, uh not having the little rascals around i have two young young children and was able to to get twice as much work done this week as last week but really uh you know, I think everyone that I that I work with and and in the industry has has made the adjustment and you know hit the ground running. And us, uh, you know, the, the folks in the sports business are are used to always um, grinding and 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 working hard and working fast. And um, I think uh, we are all able to kind of make that make that transition pretty quickly and and come up with some new new directives and get rolling on it. So so so
0: far so good. I've definitely seen the adjustment made by many other sport industry professionals. And one of the great things and I think you touched based on a, on social media at one point is how it seems like everybody has been in this super collaborative state. Like everyone's trying to collaborate. Everybody's trying to help each other out because we understand we're all in the same boat. Now, one thing about your career, it, it, it seems even from your bachelor's degree, you majored in marketing and every single position you had was in marketing. So did you know you wanted to work in sports marketing? Did you know you wanted to go into the sports industry right off the bat? Was there a certain moment you can recall maybe?
2: Yeah. So, you know, my my journey starts when I was in high school up in New Hampshire. I grew up in New Hampshire. And, you know, when you think of New Hampshire, you don't really think of college sports, but pro sports dominate the landscape up there. And in high school, I, I knew I kind of wanted to be involved in sports. I knew I wasn't good enough to play anything professionally, but but, but did have a passion for them and, and got my start in sports working for a couple minor league teams, a minor league baseball team and a minor league hockey team up in New Hampshire. But, you know, I, I, I kind of knew marketing is something that I wanted to focus on my baseball internship. I was just kind of labeled an intern, not any specific type of intern. So we did a little bit of everything. And, and, and that, that's really where I kind of got my first taste of you know, running promotions on the field, coming up with different advertising campaigns, you know, all, all the stuff that goes into marketing, and that, that's kind of where where it took off for me. And, you know, it, it kind of translated into when I went uh, to the University of Connecticut for my undergrad. That That's where I got the first taste of college athletics. I You know, up until then, all I really knew was college hockey. You would go to a few games at UNH a year, but I but, uh, really was focused on pro sports as a fan. When I got to UConn, I finally realized why uh, Sports Illustrated, during March uh, always just was about college basketball and what, and everyone was obsessed about the brackets. And I never really understood that until I got to, got to school at UConn. And then all of a sudden I was like, wow, this is awesome. This is what I want to be involved in. So, you know, ever, ever since then, I, I I spent my freshman year as a fan at UConn, just going to games, camping out for the best seats uh, for the biggest games. And, and ever since my sophomore year, I've been working in college athletics marketing uh, as an intern all the way till, till now. So yeah, I've, I've kept a, uh, a pretty straight path to uh, to where I've gotten
0: today. And that's the interesting part. I think, you know, when it comes to all the guests that we've had on the podcast, everyone's path is different. I mean, it, it totally is. No one very, you know, it's very rare that you see somebody have the same path compared to somebody else. And one thing I did notice in your your actual path is that, you know, when you graduated with your bachelor's in 2005 you did take a two year, I guess you could say break between your, your master's education. Was that on purpose or what was, you know, you know, give us insight into that process of maybe why you took a two year break. And then when you finally decided to get back into your education and get your master's.
2: Yeah. So, you know, when I graduated in 2005, I'm dating myself here, but you know, I, I, I I did look around for different positions in college, I knew that I didn't have enough experience to land a full-time job in, in college athletics. I had just been a game day intern at undergrad. I didn't take advantage of opportunities to kind of work in the office and get to know a little bit more behind the scenes. So I was going in into the job world with with some good experience, but but, but not enough to separate me. And And this was in 2005. This was before there were hundreds of colleges with sport management programs and 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 you know the growth of professional sports and college sports, so there there were limited opportunities, um, you know. But I was able to to get a full time internship down at the Naval Academy right right out of undergrad. And you know I had a couple of job, a couple interviews for for some full time stuff, but it didn't work out. And and um, this this opportunity at the Naval Academy popped up, and it was awesome. Uh, you know, really enjoyed it. You know, went down there, finally got to have my own sports and make my own marketing plans and kind of see how things happen in the office and all the preparation that goes into stuff and and that 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 really put me that, that year uh, put me in a good place uh, to then go ahead and and get that graduate assistant position. You know, and I know I know things have changed a lot since then. The the landscape of, of college athletics, the landscape of sports and the number of programs that are offering sport master's degrees has, you know, tripled, quadrupled it's 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 kind of everywhere now and um you know what what i focused on then and i still think is important now is is when you're deciding about grad school is what what are the opportunities to work going to be when when you are there taking those classes and and i think you know as as someone who hires people now um you know my 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 eyes on a resume go to your experience first education is great um super important obviously but when I look at resumes, I look at that experience column, and, um, and 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 I think the the grad programs that help place people into jobs while they're at school, into internships, the ones that that, that really encourage that, that help you network, that help you connect to different people in the area, the, that that's the that's the real value that you can receive from that, and so. So it worked out for me that when I, uh, when I went down to Florida State, I was uh, you know, a Northeast guy going down to school in the South, which was amazing. Uh, I don't know how anyone can go to undergrad in the South and actually pay attention for four years, but um, you know, I, I was able to go down there and I worked full time in the marketing department while I was taking classes at night. So uh, it was a two-year program, but you know, the, the, the real experience came working day in and day out you know, for the marketing department there.
1: So I know you mentioned before that back in 2005, like the college landscape was a bit different, that there wasn't a sport management major. Um, Do you think that if there were more options to major in different things, you would have chosen a sport management major over a marketing one?
2: Good question. I I would say probably no. I think I would have stuck with the the normal business degree just because of the well-rounded foundation it gave me. You know, there's plenty of time to specialize um, later on when you get into grad school and really focus in on what you want to do. But, but, but I, I appreciated and enjoyed the, the opportunity to, to, to go to the business school and, and, and take all those classes, economics and accounting and management and marketing and all that kind of stuff. And so really, the, there wasn't a focus on sport for, for me in my education during undergrad, but I was, you know, able to get a great, a great base of knowledge to, to really help me when I got into, into the business of sports.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then, you know, the thing about where you were at Florida State and then you moved on to, to New Mexico State in 2008, and I think that's a similar situation to what a lot of, you know, to what's going on right now, the 2008 recession, right? But you made that transition into a full-time job I mean, what was your experience in finding a position at that time with the recession? Because I think the the college graduates right now can maybe take something away or relate to what's going on.
2: Yeah, so that 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 time for me was uh, was a challenging time of my career for sure, Uh, probably the most challenging. What happened was I graduated with my master's degree in May of two thousand eight, and. Actually had a job offer in March that year, but turned it down. Thought I could uh, could maybe do better, or thought I could find myself in a better situation. Fast forward six more months, uh, about six months, and you know, numerous uh, in-person interviews for jobs that I didn't get. You know, countless applications that I sent in. I was finally able to find a, a position. Uh, in New Mexico, in New Mexico State. Uh, obviously, a place that I never thought I would live or work, but at that point, uh, it, was, it was so competitive and, you know, that there weren't as many opportunities out there. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I, I took the job I could get in, in a job that I knew that I would learn a lot in and have a lot of creative freedom and, and grow might not be in a place I ever imagined living might not be in a place that I would imagine living for an extended period of time. You know, the pay wasn't great, but, but I was passionate about being in the industry and making it work. And uh, so I packed up my Honda Accord and drove across the country and uh, moved to moved to New Mexico. And it was awesome. I, I, I don't regret um, any of it. It, it, you know, on, on the surface, I think when you, when you look at different opportunities around the country, I I really preach, uh, being open and flexible with, with opportunities and, um, you know, looking at it, uh, in a positive way. And yeah, the job description might not be as exact as as you want it, but, but an opportunity in, in the sports business is an opportunity and, and you can use that as a way to get better at what you do. You know, it was, it was, it was a tough time for me trying to figure out if I was going to, uh, going to make it in the business before I found that job. And and I imagine there are thousands and thousands of kids, uh, kids, sorry, not kids, uh, <laughs> professionals, um, that are, that are entering the job market right now. Um, and all the sports leagues are shut down and nobody's hiring. And, um, you know, I've heard from, from a couple of people who I, you know, keep in touch with, uh, via social media and, and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough time, but, you know, I, I do think that, um, that, that things will get better. I think that, um, sports will bounce back. Um, uh, you know, it might, it might take some leagues longer than others, but, um, but those jobs will come open. And, and I think that the key is during this time, what are you doing to keep, you know, t- to, make yourself a better candidate? What are you learning new skills? Uh, you know, are you learning Photoshop Are you learning InDesign? Are you learning, uh, uh, video, video editing? Are you, uh, you know, uh, um, studying more about social media or advertising or analytics um, you know what are you doing during this time to keep yourself relevant um, you know that it's, it's definitely a challenging time for sure but but we'll, we'll rebound and um, and um, you know it, it'll come back and it'll continue to be an awesome uh, industry to work in
1: do you think that if students now who are graduating have the chance to go and try something different and travel across the country during this time they should take that risk and do it
2: well you know i, I think um i think um the way i look at it is no, no better time to be flexible in where you end up than when you're young and don't have a family attached to you or 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 many possessions uh, everything i owned uh, at the time when I went out to Mexico, fit in my uh, Honda Accord. So, um, you know, I think um, when you're young, that's the time to be to be adventurous and and uh, go to a different place in the country and, and find those opportunities. Um, you know, I think I think the jobs that are being posted now are jobs that are going to be filled. Um, so, um, I think I think there's great opportunities out there, and I think uh, w- once we get a little guidance on on how the, how the summer and the fall looks that, you know, more, more jobs will come open and, and more opportunities will pop up and things will start getting back to normal a little bit. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think there's no better time to, to uh, maybe not take a risk. Maybe that, that's not the best way to say yeah. <laughs> to, um, to, uh, to, to do something you might not have seen yourself doing to, uh, to help your career, to, to go uh, experience a different part of the country or, or you know, say your 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 goal has always been to work at a, a power five school. Well, you know what? What if an awesome job in a group of group of five, group of six, or whatever they're calling themselves opens up, or um, at a D two school in administration there, or for a uh, minor league hockey team in Minnesota, whatever. Um, you know, there's a uh, there's going to be opportunities out there, and there's no better time to be flexible and and, and try stuff like that out than when you're. I think, young and, uh, and, and unattached.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I definitely, you know, I think that's something Olivia and I can really talk about our personal selves. I mean, Olivia's got her Georgia shirt on. And by the time this episode comes out, I'm sure it's going to be announced. But she's going to be a GA there at the University of Georgia with the communications department. So she's going all the way from Minnesota to Georgia. Um, I was born and raised in Hawaii. I, I, I left Hawaii for Minnesota to, to continue my education, my athletic career, and I'm still here five and a half, six years later. So I think there is a lot of things to learn um, going outside of your comfort zone, but also you know, being open to traveling across the country for these opportunities. Now, let's fast forward to current day, Chris. Um, you know, We mentioned your title, but we never really talked about what it is you actually currently do. So if you could kind of just explain to the listeners what exactly you do as the Assistant Athletic Director of Marketing at Penn State.
2: Yeah, absolutely, uh, and also Olivia, congratulations! That's great news.
1: Thank you. Uh, I'm really excited. Awesome. I'm excited to move. Like you said, like you came from the Northeast and you went to Florida State. You right. know, it's. I think it's going to be a similar experience for me. Like it's going to be totally different, but I'm really yeah. excited. It's going to be awesome.
2: awesome. Um, so, so yeah. So my my um, position here oversees our, our marketing department. Uh, we're a staff of eight people, including myself. Um, here at Penn State, um, and we support our thirty one um, athletic programs here and um, you know usually, when people ask me what I do, I say our job is to get people to come to games and make sure they enjoy themselves that 's my um, that 's my little elevator story, but a little different now in the current climate um, you know we we don 't have any games right now, mm-hmm. so uh, we 've adjusted a little bit, but you know normally we are focusing on um, driving attendance and awareness to our athletic events and to our student athletes and, and promoting the, the, the Penn State brand. Um, And so we we're involved in, in a whole bunch of different things, Um, you know, coming up with our marketing plans, developing advertising uh, campaigns, working with our creative services department, our video production department, our sponsorship, our sponsorship group, our strategic communication group, and uh, and really coming up with with an overall plan to um, to get the word out about about what we're doing here at Penn State and uh, you know it's 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 a fun job uh, really enjoy uh, working with with the staff uh, really talented group of of, uh, of folks and um, who who really um, have a passion for what they do and 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 enjoy working in this industry. Um, you know, uh, a lot of the, the stuff that we do that, that the external folks see, uh, you know, are, are the um, the fun stuff that goes on at our games. And so uh, whether it be working a Penn State football game or, you know, all the way down to a swimming and diving meet or a fencing match, um, you know, where are the marketing departments involved in all of it. And, um, and really kind of making sure that our our events are, are enjoyed by all, all who come out and our student athletes. Um, our student athletes feel supported.
0: So, what's your, you know, since being with Penn State since 2018, what would you say your your favorite memory or moment, uh, maybe game moment, since you've been there?
2: So, um, I had never
0: been to a Penn State football game before
2: I got this job, and um, I'd actually only been to campus um, once before my interview. And that was back in, I think, 2011, when I traveled here with the Navy women's basketball team, and I was working in Navy and uh, came up for an NCAA tournament game. But, um, my, you know, my, my favorite memory was literally that first game that I came to. And it was, um, it was two years ago it was the Appalachian state game. And, uh, it was a close game. it went down to, I think it was, it went down to overtime, but that was my first time really experiencing what Penn State was all about and, and the, and the, just the sheer size and passion of the fan base Um, and, and, and the game environment that has um, that has evolved here. Uh, And really that was something that that's something just being there, experiencing that being on the field for that is something I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget. And, you know, bless that I, you know, can, can work in that environment now. Um, you know, it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's really been a a pleasure for sure.
0: And I think the, you talked about how you guys have made the adjustment to the new normal as an, as the marketing department. And one of the cool things I remember seeing is the virtual tailgate. I mean, you know, tell us about the, tell us about that and what the process was, um, to creating an event like that. I mean, I don't, I can't imagine thinking about it. I don't know how, what goes into it and, and how it went, but definitely, you know, provide some insight into that virtual tailgate you guys had. Yeah. So when, when,
2: um, you know, when, when March, when March was going on and and we got word that all of our spring competitions were going to be canceled and our NCAA tournaments um, in the winter time were canceled. Uh, we kind of quickly shifted to developing uh, more content for our teams and keeping Keeping our our teams and what they're doing out uh, in the community and and um, in 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 their homes, keeping that um, visible for our fans and keeping our fans engaged. And so, uh, you know, I think all the college athletics and all the sports really kind of um, shifted in that direction. Um, You know, we all all became content creators really and Mm -hmm. collaborators. And um, and and um, you know, we had our spring game here planned for for the middle of April, always a huge weekend here. We draw 60, 70, 80,000 people to our spring game. Uh, it's always a big, a big moment for our fans. It's uh, it's, it's, it's geared towards family. Um, it's a free event. Uh, really something people look forward to and something the community looks forward to. And, you know, with that gone, we were uh, trying to think of ways where we could encourage our fans to still come together in a way um, that was safe and, uh, and and supports uh, support Penn State. Um, you know, um, reconnect with with their friends. You know, kind of provide a distraction for everything that was going on, and just kind of live live the good old days, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and and have fun. And um, so so we came up with the virtual tailgate idea. I'd actually seen um, a group on our uh, one of our Facebook fan pages. Um, there's a ton of them for Penn State. Um, I saw a group actually holding uh, just a small virtual tailgate with their friends and they just posted a screenshot and um, and everyone was wearing pastakia. And I thought, wow, that, that's a really cool idea. How can we scale this and, and and, and you know, put a little bit of uh, effort behind it and a campaign behind it to really make it something special. And so, so that's what we did. We brainstormed for about a week um, and then we had about two weeks to, to make it happen. But, um, you know, we, we wanted to to um, encourage our fans to, to get together and show their Penn State spirit. And we did that by asking them to hold their own virtual tailgates on the day that would have been our, our spring game. And so um, our fans um, would would kind of, you know, collaborate on their own tailgates. We, we wouldn't provide a, you know, a link to come watch what we do. We, we, we let everyone do their own thing, and and we provided content around that to enhance the experience that they were having. And um, and so we encourage fans to, to dress up in their, in their Penn State gear to, to get all of their, their friends together for these tailgates. Um, we had over 700 different tailgates registered, um, by, by the time we actually ran the promotion, um, and you know, it was, it was awesome. We, we, uh, had, pe- we had people register because we had them give us their zoom, uh, links and we were able to, uh, have some. Uh, former student athletes from the football team, some football coaches and our Nittany Lion mascot actually pop in and zoom bomb um, a number of them over, over 200 different tailgates. Um, and, uh, and then, then we, like I said, we provided them content to uh, to kind of take in as they were, you know, enjoying the time with their friends. So we had a trivia contest. We had a, uh, um, a, a recipe book of recipes that our fans sent in of their favorite tailgate uh, recipes we had uh, a contest for the best um, the best virtual tailgates, the virtual tailgate that covered the most distance, the, the best uh, food spread, the the most spirited pet, uh, all this kind of stuff we we provided uh, we had some contests to kind of engage our fans um, and, then, and then we released a bunch of uh, video content through Facebook and through Twitter and through YouTube and um, engaged our fan base and our social media accounts too during this time. so we kind of ran a we, we we kind of modeled it after the, the lead into a normal game. So we, we had a video of the team arriving at the stadium and the band taking the field and the players taking the field and then we we ran a um a rebroadcast of a of a game from 2016 um with some with some you know special enhancements of our players who were in the game checking in now and talking about what they felt um as the as the plays in the game was going on. So surely we, we put it together pretty quickly. Um, I thought it was super successful. I, I've talked to no fewer than 20 other schools about how we pulled it off and, and I see a lot of schools doing it too and you know I, I love seeing that and love seeing people put their own spin on it. Um, so yeah really successful and uh, you know, a, a great way to engage with our fan base during this this uh, you know kind of difficult time that's going on.
1: I think it's really cool that big schools can be an outlet for their I guess all schools in general just can be an outlet for people to kind of distract them from everything and you know having something like that really like unites people around one thing that makes them happy so I guess like once this all ends what is the one thing that you're looking forward to most to get like as in your job
2: when when things get back back to normal yeah (laughs) um you know, I think seeing seeing all the staff, seeing our our whole athletic department together again is going to be great. Um, we work with awesome people here, and um, you know, just uh, having to do all this stuff over video conferencing has been has been tough for sure. Um, you know, those those little conversations that you can have in the hallway that you can get a lot more done um, than than trying to do it via email or Microsoft Teams or Zoom call. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to being back on campus with the students there, um, love being part of the campus community. Um, I think it keeps us, keeps me young, uh, keeps everybody young and being in, 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 that environment and, uh, and seeing all, all the, the students with the passion for the, for, for your, your athletic department and, and, and all the, the passion, the student athletes bring, uh, you know, and then I'll just miss, uh, you know, I'll be excited to get back to game day. Um, uh, and, um, and just the, you know the thrill of of having you know all of our fans there and um and our student athletes competing and and just that you know that 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 competition um in that environment I'm just just really looking forward to to that again so it'll it'll be back um and uh you know i think um like you mentioned it it, it really helps um it really brings people together um it really gives people a, a relief. From you know everything else that's going on in their lives, and um, you know, not, not not only does it support our community here, but it also you know supports people emotionally, like you talked about. And uh, so, so it's coming soon. We're 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 excited to get back for sure.
0: Chris, I'm a huge fan of your personal Twitter. Um, I mentioned it before we got on. You know, started recording was that. You do those different, you know, Twitter experiment threads. It seems like that's something that you consistently do. Um, I was a fan of the one where you talked about, you know, what team do you see with this color? That was one I I participated in as well. I don't know if Olivia, did you see that as well?
1: Well, I saw you on Twitter the other day because you did the, um, what college or pro team comes to mind when you see the state. And I just scrolled through and answered in my head with every single one. So it was, it was really interesting to see everyone's responses. So I I thought that was a really cool idea that you had. <laughs> yeah. Mean, I,
2: yeah. So I, I tried to, um, I try to build out my Twitter account as a way to just engage with, with, uh, with people in the industry to network, to, to engage with our, our Penn State fans, to engage with fans of sports, um, you know, I, I I try to be interactive. I try to encourage engagement. Um, I try to show a little bit of my personality in it. Um, you know, and, and and hopefully that encourages people to be, um, to be, uh, you know, more, more vocal on, on social and and use it more of a net as more of a networking tool to, uh, to help you professionally. Um, so yeah, so, you know, a lot of those ideas just for engagement, just, just kind of come and, um, you know, I, I, make sure that the stuff that I put out is, is appropriate and, um, and, 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 won't, uh, put up any red flags. I think that's super important. Uh, you know, I do, I do a lot of my, a lot of my tweeting when I'm, um, you know, laying in my kid's room on the floor, waiting for them to fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing else better to do at the time when you're sitting in a dark room with your children, uh, trying to fall asleep. So, uh, I, I, I find it as a good way to to keep in touch with, with a lot of people, to uh, to reach out and help uh, you know young professionals, um, and, and uh, to encourage uh, creativity uh, amongst our amongst our industry. I think that's that's uh, super important.
0: I mean, you're, you're, it you seems like you're huge on creativity, but most importantly, collaboration among everybody in the industry. I noticed that you put together that document of, of parting advice, you know, different advice for sport industry that, that people are graduating. So the last thing I would like to ask you, you know, Chris, if, if you have any words, uh, you know, personal words for the people that are graduating or the young sport professionals, what would your advice be to them to navigate their sports career? yeah so
2: i I think i touched upon it a little bit before but um and and this is kind of what i usually preach not in um in the kind of current environment that we are in but but um just just being flexible um your flexibility in 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 where you live um in in uh, what your job responsibilities are um in um you know how, how much you're getting paid if that's possible um and uh you know being flexible in in the type of organization you end up working for i know a lot of that stuff is easier said than done but it's such a competitive industry uh especially college athletics um that that you know a lot of times the perfect position might not might not be there on paper for you but um but but opportunities all over the country are are um are available and 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 are great opportunities and and you know in, in my career i i took a you know, to, like I said, took a job in New Mexico, not not imagining that I'd ever be there or, or be working in a place like that. Um, but but it was a, it was amazing, and I was able to learn so much and meet so many people and and um, and grow during that time um, because I was flexible in, in where I lived and, and the type of department I worked in and um, and what I was what I was getting paid. Um, you know, I know, like I said, that's easier said than done, especially when it comes to pay and you got to be able to live. Um, but but as I mentioned before, the, the flexibility that you have when you're a young professional is, is probably the most flexible you'll be in your life. Um, you know, I, I, I think now that, you know, we have all this stuff going on that's going on. Um, you know, it's 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 how are you spending this time to get better? Um, how are you networking with folks? How are you meeting new people? um, you know, are, are you reaching out to teams and offering up to help out however you can? Are you, uh, you know, setting up informational interviews with people, you know, I'm, I'm big on, I'm big on reaching out and, and getting to know, getting to know people in the business and learning about their path and, 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 and not just once and say goodbye, really kind of continue to follow up and check in and, and update them on your progress. I, I've got a number of people who, you know, send me monthly updates with, with, you know, what they're working on, where they, you know, wh- where they've, um, where they've gotten to and, and, um, and, and their plans. And I love that. I love hearing from people who I've, I've spoken with and um, you know, it, it goes a long way in this business. It's a really, it's a really close knit industry. Everybody knows each other. Um, and, um, and, and your connections and your, and your um, relationships really, really help you grow. So um, you know, now is the best time to, uh, to, to really reach out and, and, and kind of figure out what you want to do and, and talk to people who are doing that and find out how they got there and try to do it, you know?
0: Yeah. I think, you know, you touched based on it. We're, we're all young. That flexibility is key. Um, networking is also key. Where can people find you? Cause I want to make sure that, that you know, they get, they get in touch with you and, and see the Twitter experiment threads you do. Uh, where can they find you, Chris, on the social media platforms?
2: Yeah. So, uh, I'm on Twitter, obviously, um, <laughs> uh, at, at, uh, Chris underscore Grossi. Uh, got to lose that underscore somehow. <laughs> I got to find the person that has uh, no underscore there and see if I can make them a deal. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm on, I'm on there and, and pretty active and, um, you know, uh, email to, um, you know, reach out. Uh, my email is uh, my initial CDG two zero one at PSU.edu. So, um, you know, love hearing from people, um, love, uh, love trying to help any way I can, um, kind of explain a little bit of the ins and outs in the business and, uh, and happy to help and, um, you know, feel free to, feel free to reach out. And, and like I said, it's important to, to reach out, but it's important to keep in touch too and to, um, and to make the most of it. So.
0: Well, we appreciate your time, Chris, and everybody who took the time to listen. We appreciate your time as well. If you could please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it. And as always, we are all on our own individual journeys, but you are not alone.